0: What would normally take me an hour before the pandemic sometimes took me three days, you know, because I had to get real with myself and say, okay, it doesn't take me uh, that much time because I have different priorities. You know, there are other things that knock this down to where, you know, this is not just uh, something that I have to do. There's things that come and take precedent over it. And so what I thought had to be done in an hour, now I'm finding based on the priority and what it's uh, trying to accomplish, it can wait three days. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't have to have this like urgency with everything. So I think that's another thing is we have to recognize, you know, what is the end goal? All
1: right. Hello, blissful parents out there. Uh, Michelle Abraham, your host of our blissful parenting podcast and our blissful parenting page. I am coming to you live this beautiful Friday with a really special guest. I have America's super mom, LaChelle Adkins, with us. She is mom to 15 kids. I'm so excited to dive in there. And I think what's really important about LaChelle is that she spent so many years trying to please everyone else and do everything thing for everyone else. And I know as moms, we can relate to that, the anxiety and the stress that causes and you led her to three hospitalizations. And now she really helps moms get organized, have a fresh start help with our mental health, our self love our self care. And I'm really excited to dive into this with Lachelle today, because a mom of two, I did it twice, two pregnancies, that was enough for me. Uh, Lachelle, you are amazing. You are my hero. (laughs) I can't believe so many pregnancies. That's amazing. So, welcome to our live, Lachelle. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad
0: that our paths crossed because, really, I want to say first off, being a mother is hard, whether you have one, two, or 15. Okay. It's still the same role. So, it doesn't matter how many kids there are, it's just that same responsibility that goes across the board, regardless of how many children you have. So we're like-minded in that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're all in the trenches together. And Um, one of the things I wanted to share with our audience is that they might not know this or not, but your family was on Rachel Ray and I was watching the YouTube video of it yesterday and it was so cute. It was such a cool episode. So uh, Rachel Ray has this segment where Peter, is it Peter Walsh comes in? Yeah, Mm -hmm. he comes in and he helps you organize your house. And it was like, it was about a five minute clip. I'll post it in the chat here because it was just such a cool, um, Clips. So, what did was that like a point in your, in your parenting where you're like, I need some help organizing this house? Uh, didn't know how to cook very well. Okay.
0: Because I was raised an only child. So, mm-hmm. the transition of having a big family and being organized with meals and things like that, providing for others, that was just the transition for me. So, mm-hmm. uh, me and the kids would be glued to 30 minute meals and would be watching Rachel Ray all the time. So, what had happened was she. One of her people that work with her reached out to one of my daughters on Facebook because they were doing a national organization campaign for 30 days. And so they reached out to us. We had just had baby 14, I think, at the time. And so they reached out. And of course, we jumped right on it. So the premise was to do for 30 days, a 10 minute task towards cleaning up and organizing every day for 30 days. And so we were able to be a part of that as a family.
1: Yeah, And I fact, maybe that gave you a little bit of relief getting everyone else on board with the organizing of
0: everything. Absolutely, absolutely. It was so nice because we had to record like a video. So mm-hmm. we had to do a 10 minute video, send it in every day mm-hmm. and anybody could do it. So it's like, hey, guys, we haven't got our video today. So, you know, I could have any of the kids perform the video and uh, it was nice because there definitely was a family bonding experience.
1: Yeah, that's really cool, and it was a really cool glimpse inside of what life living with fifteen kids was like for the for us viewers to kind of see what that's like. Wow, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of people in in the house. And coming from an only, being an only child, that must be quite a, the adjustment for you. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was quite. I mean, I loved it because that's one of the things I always ask for for Christmas. Was a brother or sister never got it? No, but I love the fact that it's always somebody that could relate to. I like having the different age children Mm -hmm. because teenagers don't want to have anything to do with you, and the younger ones they can't live life without you. So Mm -hmm. having that balance makes it nice because my teenagers are like off somewhere, minding their own business on their phones and. You know, you barely can get some uh, insight into anything they're doing. But the little ones, you know, they gravitate to you more.
1: So it makes it nice. That's awesome. And so we're talking today about finding your superpower. And Mm so can you tell us a little bit about what that means to
0: you? For me, my superpower is collaboration. And that's something that I had to learn really the hard way. So you mentioned in the introduction how, you know, I was hospitalized three times for Mm -hmm. Depression and anxiety. And one of the things that really was instilled in me as a kid was the mindset that if you want something, you could have it as long as you work for it. So I had this mindset of always working hard. Uh, I performed well in school, received honor roll, was in gifted classes, and I really began to create a desire to please others and get that validation from Mm -hmm. other people. So because I was rewarded a lot as a kid, I just sought that all the time. So when you have the transition of having a big family, of course, if you have all these different personalities, there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to be pleased. I don't (laughs) care how you do it. You know, you can make a meal and somebody wants something different. So it really was a challenge for me to recognize that I just didn't have control to be all things to all people. It just left me unfulfilled. I was so task oriented that sometimes I just didn't enjoy life. You know, there were days that I didn't find laughter in the things my kids were doing because I was so focused on, I have to get this done. You know, this is not time to play and that type of attitude. And so after my depression and really going into this personal journey of self-discovery, That's Mm -hmm. when I created a strategy that I call Fresh Start that kind of helped me with the five pillars to help me overcome depression, but maintain a life that's depression free. Mm -hmm. And so one of those pillars is having support, you know, being able to ask for help. And, you know, when I was younger, asking for help seemed like a weakness to me. Mm -hmm. So to be able to have the mindset that, hey, you know what, it doesn't make sense for me to clean up behind 10 people right now that are here, it's better for us all to clean because we can get it done in less amount of time and it's less burden for everybody. So to understand the whole element of collaborating, I think Mm -hmm. I pretty much got it after three
1: (laughs) hospitalizations, okay? (laughs) Wow, I can only imagine. And so I'm sure like running, uh, managing a household with so many moving parts in it, you have be super organized, and you have to rely on that other team to support you and help you (laughs) help you manage it. So it's not all on you, which is a nice feeling, I'm sure. Well, and you know, it's a work in progress, you know, because
0: everybody has this image, I think, of when you're doing a lot of things that you are really organized. Mm -hmm. But if I was to flip a camera in my office, there's like papers and sticky notes and all this Mm -hmm. stuff everywhere, you know, it's like organized chaos. So I think Mm -hmm. it's like Really knowing what your strengths are and what some of your weaknesses are. Before, it was like I felt like I didn't have the space to have any weaknesses. I thought, oh, I have to be on point on this and that. And I really sought a lot of worth from the roles that I played. So if I felt like I was being a good mom, I would feel good. But if my Mm -hmm. kids didn't perform well on a test, then I wouldn't feel good. I feel like it was a reflection of I didn't do something right. So now I'm in a space to where I'm able to take the spotlight off of me and really be that person that is not so caught up in my own ego and what I'm experiencing, but Mm -hmm. being able to embrace my total package of who I am, the flaws and the strengths, and then just be able to provide whatever is needed for the people that I am in front of at that time so it helped me be a
1: lot more intentional Mm, that makes a lot of sense so do you think of being able to do that was that like a result of you uh, being able to figure out how you can take care of yourself first or how did you how did you evolve to that being able to do to get out of the that ego space
0: yeah it definitely was the whole thing of figuring out what self-care really meant so for me self-care, I really didn't know what that was. I mean, you think about it. I had 13 pregnancies. You have time to that. <laughs> all, all of them, um, I breastfed. The first two, I didn't stick with it. I did it for like a week and 10 days consecutively. And then after that, I breastfed all the rest of them. And I, my life was just consumed with doing for other people. And I thought that's what self-care was, was getting that validation to say, oh, I helped that person today. So Mm -hmm. I feel good. Or they needed me. They had an emergency and I was able to come through. And those things were just shallow. They really didn't fill me back up. So it wasn't until my last hospitalization that I realized that I was given out energy, but it was energy that was depleted because I wasn't Mm -hmm. taking the time to recharge. So for example, even with now I'm just, there's certain things that are non-negotiable. So when I've thought about self-care in the past, I would get my kids to bed. And so after the day has been over, I would say, oh, this is my me time. And I have a list of things that I wanted to do. And maybe it's read a book or watch a show. And mm-hmm. within 10 minutes, I'm asleep, you know, or <laughs> my <laughs> it doesn't five, last for five
1: minutes.
0: I'm sleeping with my clothes on. It's uncomfortable (laughs) sleep because I'm in trying to do a task that I don't get complete. And the next morning I'm playing catch up because my kids have rested well and I didn't. And so I'm playing catch up. So now it's like, you know, self-care is non-negotiable. It's first thing in the morning. Because now I can feel like a champion when I meet my kids rather than feeling like, oh, it's I didn't get enough sleep. I'm tired. Can you guys quiet down? Don't talk so loud or mm-hmm. whatever based on me expelling and never really having that time to refuel.
1: Yeah, that's so important. Mm-hmm. And I think- something that I think moms, I know for myself, I felt guilty about doing that at first, right? Like it's, you know, like I'm, I'm not spending time with them right now. I'm, I'm doing my workout or whatever. But I I mean, from my personal experiences that I come off, it's such a better day when I can get that done in the, in the morning. And you get that check mark. If you're thinking about it all day long, and then by the end of the day, you don't have time to do it. It just, it doesn't make you feel good at all because you've let yourself down because you didn't do Mm -hmm. it again. Like you thought about it all day and then it's like, you know, there's just so many things that get in the way of not being able to do it, especially if people need your help and all that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what has been your trick with that? Like, have you gotten up before all the kids get up or how, what what is What does that look like for you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, So, you know, every day I'm up before them so Mm -hmm. I can get up as early as five o'clock. It just Mm -hmm. depends on what I have that I have to do. So if I have interviews or I'm doing some, you know, what my, whatever my day looks like, I will make it shorter if there's a lot that I'm going to be giving to other people that will take away from the kids. But if I have a, I'm pretty much free and I can dedicate a lot of time to them, then I get up earlier and have more punched into that time frame so that I can really feel like I have earned a day off, if that makes sense. Because you still (laughs) go through the thing like, okay, I'm sitting here for, you know, an hour playing this game. I could have recorded or edited a podcast or something. So I have to get up earlier those days. So I have that feeling of, okay, I did three or four things. Okay, it's not going to kill me to spend the rest of the day with the kids, you know, and let some of this Mm -hmm. stuff go. So that's really what happens for me
1: yeah wow yeah and not to mention that you are trying to run a household with so many people but you're also doing a business as well like that is also a whole whole other beast in itself (laughs) so how is yeah how has that been for you guys being home over the last few months with covid and the pandemic and being in isolation have you guys all been in your your house together over the last few weeks few months
0: yeah so actually 13 uh, no 12 of our kids were here in quarantine. So once things started opening up here in Georgia, then two of them left and went back to school and their own apartments and things like that. But it really was, my kids have been used to homeschooling. We've done that in the past, so it wasn't anything new with that. Mm -hmm. But I think the whole thing of really having our undivided attention, so to speak, Mm -hmm. was a good thing. My husband worked during the whole time of quarantine, he actually, Mm -hmm. uh, part of it was out of state. So he worked like four hours away. So he would stay gone for four days and come back for three. So they Mm -hmm. really had to navigate through that. But it really, the challenge I think is just with the actual pandemic itself, not understanding why this is taking place and How is it that we have to be on lockdown and that type of thing? And the uncertainty has bothered them more. Some of them had dealt with um, nightmares or panic attacks and different things like that. But for the most part, it was really a great bonding experience. We had a lot more meals at the table together Mm -hmm. uh, because we have a revolving door is what I call it. They're all in, you know, we have elementary, middle, and high school. Mm-hmm. They each have different extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. So it's not unusual for three or four of them to be doing something. We can't eat at the same time. Somebody's mm-hmm. running to go get somebody while some of these kids are eating. So for us to be able to sit down, enjoy time together, I mean, that was really thing that we really enjoyed. An opportunity to really get to bond and know them again. So that, for us, it's yeah. been... A lot positives that were going on.
1: Yeah, that's like our family too. It's been, you know, the time that we have together has been so, is so great that I think, yes, there's been a lot of crazy things going on, but I think that bonding has been really great. Like, it's my kids are like, they're like playmates now where they, you know, brother right. didn't really like, you know, their brother and sister, you know, but now they actually play together because there's nobody else to play with, which is, I think, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that bonding's been really good for them too.
0: That is so good. And for a mom, that's the best thing because, you know, I was an only child. So my kids would bicker and fuss all the time. And I'd be so disappointed. My husband's like, that's what siblings do. And now it's like, you know, they have their moments, but they really play together all the time. And so that just is a breath of fresh air. And I think just also exposing them to the work that I do. Mm-hmm. I pack so much in a day, usually because they would be gone to school and that would be my only time. Right. So they'll come in here during a time when they normally would be at school and they're like, she's on the phone again, mom, <laughs> what <is that?" laughs> or whatever. And it's like, you guys would normally be at school. Okay. So I think that it's kind of fun too. <laughs>
1: now uh, I struggle with meal planning for a family of 4. How do you manage meal planning for a family of 15? I'd love to know.
0: <laughs> yeah, we normally, you know, that's I think we all struggle with that as as uh, moms, you know, because I try to have this plan for the week and it's like very organized, we shop to the plan, but mm-hmm. then Tuesday comes it's what spaghetti, you don't feel like making spaghetti, right? So it's like, I try to have this routine and structure. So I mean, I think it's good to have a framework. But giving yourself the flexibility of knowing that, hey, you know what, life happens, you know, you just got to go with the flow. And I explained that to my kids. And, you know, there's times that I'll get them more engaged. You know, we have uh, one famous meal they like is uh, something called empanadas. And so it's a Mexican dish Mm -hmm. where you have to, they're kind of like a fried taco is the best way to describe it. Mm -hmm. So you make the inside feeling like a taco meat, and then Mm -hmm. you put it into a pastry that you close and then you have to fry them. And so Mm -hmm. it's like a process. First, have to make the meat and do all this. (laughs) And so they love those. So then when they want that, it's like, okay, well, you guys got to help. So they actually have to fill the pastry and close it so that I can just fry them. So we have like a little system that we create. But I think that's kind of Perfect. fun is putting some of those things on the menu. And that gets them more uh, actively involved in the meal prep.
1: For sure. And then when they finally leave the house, they'll actually do how to cook. <laughs> just-
0: absolutely, absolutely.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so great. I love that. So Lachelle, any other advice you have for moms that maybe that are struggling, like you were like, maybe feeling a little bit of depression, anxiety, that need to always please? What's your some great advice? We'd love to hear from you. You've been there. You've done that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The first thing I want to uh, tell all the moms is to smile, right? So I have Mm -hmm. a movement that I call Smile for Wellness. And SMILE was really an acronym for five areas. You know, in the case of my depression and hospitalization, my husband had to seek intervention for me. So mm-hmm. I was so robotic and so task driven and just so in tune to checking off boxes that I didn't realize what my situation was.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I
0: just have that clarity to recognize, you know, what I'm in over my head, uh, not handling things in the best way that I can. So SMILE is an acronym. So these five areas, as I reflected later on after my own recovery, is to see that those are kind of like warning signs, things that you should be looking out for. You know, is this out of balance? You know, I need to go back. I need to talk to somebody, need to do some research on Google, find some creative strategies or whatever. So the first one is sleep. During my depression, I slept probably two, three hours a night on a regular. I mean, we're talking long term, over months. And so, you know, you just can't survive off of lack of sleep. Sleep deprivation, I challenge people to look that up and see what some of the side effects of that is, you know, because it really can be Problematic, not just for your state of mind, but even for your body. Mm -hmm. The next thing is your mood. There were several mornings I would get up, my kids, I wouldn't even greet them with love and excitement. You know, and this is the first person that they see in the morning. I'm just groggy. I'm tired. It's like they want to help in the kitchen. I don't have patience. I'm snapping Mm -hmm. at them. So Mm -hmm. your mood is very important. Mm -hmm. The next one is your inner voice. What are you telling yourself? Are you beating yourself up? Are you always feeling like you're not getting anything done? You know, you're not accomplishing anything. Nobody appreciates you. Mm-hmm. All these things that we usually say to ourselves as a victim or from overwhelm or just not having clarity, all these things we repeat to ourselves that are not good. Mm-hmm. The next one is laughter. There mm-hmm. would be times my husband would be joking, telling, Things with the kids, and I'm like, This is not funny. I'm trying to be serious, right? <laughs> <laughs> and but that would be my story all the time. I'm trying to be serious, and you're making jokes, right? <laughs> so I would get into this with him, and I would it would cause a disconnect with me and the kids. He was seen as the fun one, mm-hmm. and I'm seen as the taskmaster. So then that creates another cycle in itself, also. Mm-hmm. So laughter is very important. You don't have to be a comedian, but Find some things on Netflix or something on YouTube that makes you laugh. Cat videos, whatever, because laughter is important. And then the last thing is energy. So of course, mm-hmm. if you're not sleeping right, if you're not uh, doing other things in moderation, you're not going to have energy. So you really need to reflect and think. Maybe I can just tweak some things. So, you know, if you're waiting till at night when your kids are asleep to try to finish a project after you've used all your energy, what little bit you did have during the day, you might just switch it around, do your project first thing in the morning, and then little things that you could do to kind of begin to gauge. Because once you kind of tackle those areas, it can help you move forward in a more positive way. And it's something that you have markers that you could start with. A lot of times with depression, It's kind of like a silent thing. You just don't even realize it. And even still looking back, I would not have labeled myself as depressed as any of that. And so now looking back, it's like you've got to have ways that you can check in with yourself and figure that out. So that's the first thing is to remember to smile. The next thing is
1: really
0: really being clear about who you are. When that came to my Mm -hmm. story with uh, dealing with depression, you know, I was a high achiever. So I felt like, man, that's a weakness. I've been in the hospital three times and it was woe is me, woe is me. So I had to reframe that and really embrace my past in a way that's going to allow me to thrive instead of just survive. And so this is how I came up with the name America Supermom because I'm a parent. I'm a mom of 15. And yes, I had this experience, but it didn't define me. It taught me some lessons that, are going to help me be better at my role because I'm able to look back and look at the lessons. And so when you're embracing whatever path that is, that's an opportunity for you to have your own way that you want to portray that to the world. You You have your own perspective that you can give. And once you do that, it makes you stronger where you don't seek that validation from other people. And I think that's really one of the things that a lot of moms struggle with is We want to see, be seen by other people as doing a good job, doing everything right.
1: Yeah. And yet we feel like we have so many, I mean, I know I've struggled with this, having so many balls up in the air that you're not doing, you feel like you're not doing well, any of them. Right. (laughs) Right. I know, and that's been amplified recently, just with being home, being working, having to homeschool, having to do uh, your regular stuff. It's just like, holy smokes, you're trying to do so many things, you can't be successful at any of them. And that's a mm-hmm. lot of pressure we put on ourselves for that.
0: So true. And I think sometimes asking ourselves th- a different question is, what really is our goal for today? Because if your goal is to have three square meals, okay, well... You can have three square meals, but maybe there's still dishes in the sink. So you accomplished it, I think. And I used to say I did a Facebook Live during the pandemic about this, because what would normally take me an hour before the pandemic sometimes took me three days after, you know, because I had to get real with myself and say, okay, it doesn't take me that much time because I have different priorities. You know, there are other things that knock this down to where, you no, know, this is not just something that I have to do. There's things that come and take precedent over it. And so mm-hmm. what I thought had to be done in an hour, now I'm finding based on the priority and what it's trying to accomplish, it can wait three days. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have to have this like urgency with everything. So I yeah. think that's another thing is we have to recognize what is the end goal if it's to make it through dinner okay well mm-hmm. get one of your kids to do the dishes you know what i'm saying we just got to-
1: more hitting goals <laughs> yeah. yeah the dishes yeah. go <laughs> mhm
0: yeah so you got to kind of break it down that way and mm-hmm. sometimes we have those days you know this morning uh, i have a uh, regular networking group that we meet monday through friday so this morning i didn't have my camera on and Uh, They're like, hey, glad to see you, Lachelle. You know, your cameras and all. I said, yeah, I'm having a mental health morning. I have a busy day, but (laughs) I can't take the whole day off. I'm taking off just the morning. So, hey, I'm here with just my uh, camera off. And they just laugh. But it's so true. There would have been a time where I wouldn't have said that or I would have just forced myself to get up and get dressed and do whatever. And it's like, hey, you just have to be you. Yeah. And when you embrace that, some days are good, some days are not good. And being able to be authentic it really helps you not stress yourself out because really it's your own stress mm-hmm. that you're causing on yourself. Now other people don't know <laughs> unless you say something.
1: And yeah, and other people probably don't put as much pressure on us as we put on ourselves. Right. <laughs> That's what I understand, right? We are our hardest our hardest critics, right? So Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness! Yes. Yeah, so many things we could talk for hours about the challenges of parenting, but also the blessings and the fun things that we get to experience. And uh, what's been the best part about having a huge family for you? Love to hear that. I
0: think for me is the different personalities yeah. being creative. You know, you think you're learning something every day because each one mm-hmm. of them asks different questions and you have some te- some kids, like even their teeth falling out. Some kids, their teeth fall out, then the other ones grow in. Some of them, they have teeth growing in before one falls out. I mean, there's (laughs) never the same thing over and over again. Everybody's got a different story. And I think that's the thing that I appreciate about a big family because as an only child, you get a lot of tunnel vision. You just think it's either right or left, up or down, top or bottom. But once you have a lot of people that you interact with, you find out there's so many different perspectives. And that just has helped mm-hmm. me grow so much as a parent.
1: Yeah, I bet having such a huge perspective on all the different things, that's yeah, that's really amazing. And now uh, I definitely have one last question for you. Your husband and you have been married for 27 years, 15 kids later. Uh, what's your uh, secret to happiness? I think it is really just allowing each other to be
0: the best version of ourselves. He, like I said, during this pandemic, he took a job with Amazon and that job required him to move out of state temporarily. And we didn't know how long it was going to be. It ended up being from December to the end of April, but really having the freedom to recognize that, you know, we both care about family mm-hmm. and we Allow each other the ability to thrive as individuals and then come together because we think that's a good example for our kids. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, there's so much richness that you can give to the world when you're the best version of yourself. And then just a lesson of forgiveness. I mean, there, it's not always been happy when you look at it over the whole scheme of 27 years. I mean, I went through a lot of. Resentment and bitterness when I was hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are things that I'm transparent about in talking to the kids and everything. But mm-hmm. you know, you just learn to be honest and have communication and talk about those things because everything is not always easy. Just like the current events today, dealing with racial tensions and a lot of people. They, I mean, I think we should just give people the freedom to express their message and their outlook, I think we'll get so much further accomplished because Mm -hmm. we can recognize all the different things that we're not considering. There is no cookie cutter Mm -hmm. explanation for a lot of things because everybody's experiences are different.
1: Yeah, it comes back to that perspective, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And being your best self and bringing your best self to whether it be a relationship with your spouse or to your kids. Do you really think that comes right back down to the self-care? And if you're not taking care of yourself, then then you're not being able to bring that that best version of yourself to the table.
0: So true. I mean, it's so key, just like what they say on the airplane. You have to put your own Mm -hmm. oxygen mask on first. And the reason is, is because you're not giving what it is you think you're giving. So Mm -hmm. For me, in the case of doing all this busyness for 13 years, I struggled with depression Mm -hmm. and I was busy doing things and I was interpreting what I was giving to people one way, but they weren't receiving it that way. And so Mm -hmm. I was in a situation where a lot of people were busy themselves and their expectations weren't as high as mine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, most people are like, oh, she's got 15 kids, so they don't expect you to, be on time or your kids to have on the right shoes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being uh, <laughs> yeah. funny, here. but you know what I mean? They, if they give you some grace. They expect right. things to not be right when they are right. Then people don't, they just looking off. So you're thinking, you know, the kids are there, they are organized. They have all their books. They're always performing. They're doing whatever. They're very polite. So it raises the bar even higher. Because you're accomplishing those things. They're not expecting that to happen. So they're looking at you like, man, she's got it together. Mm -hmm. And you're feeling like, I got to keep doing this. I have to keep leveling up. And nobody else is even thinking that. So I think it's really key that we do what we can so that we can maintain a level of whatever standard that is. But then also factoring in the ability to say, You know what? I'm not good at everything. (laughs) So the things that I am good at, I'm going to do. And the things Mm -hmm. that I'm not, it's important for me to collaborate, to find out how to do better, or to delegate those things to somebody else so that I can recognize that I'm not an island. Nobody's expecting me to be one. But it's just like, you know, you teach people how to treat you. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to be that uh, class mom, Michelle, that's going to bring the cookies. You're going to decorate, do all that. The moms are going to be like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to let her do it. She, she does a great job. And then you wonder later on why well, you're tired and they're just having fun. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we need to be nice to, to ourselves right? at the end of the day. Right. Be kind right. to ourselves <laughs> oh, true. That's true. Awesome. and get support. Right. So, and speaking about support, right this is what you do. So please tell us where we can find out more information about what you do, how to follow you and where we can connect with you. Absolutely. So
0: I'm on pretty much all social media platforms, <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, and I have a YouTube channel. So I'm really passionate about having opportunities for women to come together Either uh, individually or through group settings, so that they can have master classes to kind of go over some of the pitfalls that we encounter. People pleasing is a big one. And so it's a matter of establishing boundaries, having time management, learning how to say no, building up clarity and confidence, right? And so these are the things that I work on on a regular basis with the people that I coach. And then I also have my podcast where I do a lot uh, in terms of being able to share tips, tricks, and hacks with other business entrepreneurs that that can share insight that can help us continue to be a best version of ourselves.
1: Awesome. And what's the name of your podcast?
0: America's Supermom Shares insight for Better Living.
1: Awesome. Love it. We will make sure that we connect that in the chat here for everyone to follow you. And Lachelle, I just wanted to thank you for showing up today, being real, being you and sharing your story uh, with us. Cause I think that's going to really make a change in a lot of people's lives that are hearing this. So thank you. You are so welcome. And I look forward to you joining me on my podcast too. Absolutely. I will be there. Looking forward to another great awesome. chat with you. So Michelle, thank you so, so much for joining us today. You just, uh, I think, shone a light on so many things that aren't really normally talked about often and things that really need to have our attention. So for us to be happy and successful in what we do and and be the best parents we can be. So thank you for showing us what our parenting superpowers are today. <laughs>
0: You're so welcome.
1: (laughs) Have a great day, everyone. Till next week. Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com.